welcome to another episode of the Lasso Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Mike, and I am joined by my other co-host, Maya. Hi. So we are here to discuss a couple, a couple things. Uh, as of when we're recording this, this past weekend was San Diego Comic-Con, and there was a couple news bits that came out of there, including the latest Justice League trailer for the film that will be coming out in November, and as well as uh, Wonder Woman 2, the sequel, officially has a release date. So Wait, it does? That... Yeah. Wait, when is it? <laughs> <laughs> it is December 2019. Okay, okay. Yeah. Fighting with Star Wars, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> no, <laughs> Star Wars moved to May, so... I guess. I mean, if you believe that. <laughs> if we believe that, yeah, exactly. I don't even know if they have a film announced for 2019. Yeah, that's episode nine. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> sorry, I'm clearly up on all the Comic Con news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So beyond that, we will also be going through Wonder Woman Rebirth issue number 26, which is the start of an all new story arc. Without further ado, we will go right into the Justice League trailer. So we both, me and Maya, just watched the trailers. Maya just actually watched it for the first time, so we can get her fresh perspective on it. I have literally only seen the gifts of Jason and Gal, like, floating (laughs) around Twitter. That was it. I hadn't actually watched the trailer. Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) So... Um, what did you think overall? Um, I mean, I think it looks cool. It looks, I think they, I'm, I'm hoping the team has good chemistry and that they actually get to interact a lot because we mostly just saw them individually. Yeah. But, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I mean, obviously, Di- Gal's going to be great as Diana. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And I love, I love that they're like... They're still showing her as, like, what is it, the art curator? Museum curator? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, working at the uh, Louvre in Paris. Yeah, like, you know, because she still has a life. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Exactly. She's got her alter ego, so she has to, you know, continue on with that. And the way that they cut that scene was so funny how um, they show her, like, in the opening scene with, I don't know, at some, looks like a bank heist or something that's going on, and like, she comes in and kicks everybody's ass, and then, like, one of her co-workers is talking to her back when she's at work, and they're like, so Diana, what did you do this weekend? And she's like, oh, you know, nothing interesting. It was just like a... Right, just a chill, whatever. Sat with a glass of wine, you know, <laughs> saved, saved a bunch of people. That's all. Yeah. That was a perfect way to cut that uh, part of the trailer. Yeah. Um, what did you think when you saw Themyscira? Um, I mean, it looks awesome. I'm really excited that uh, we get to see Robin Wright again, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what are no, names? No, it's actually um, Connie Nielsen. Oh, okay. Yeah, Robin Wright was NTOP. Oh. Um, I'm sorry. All like all white people look the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. I wasn't expecting that for some. I don't know. If, I just didn't realize because in like an, I think an early trailer that came out a couple months ago, 
they showed the like the Amazons were in that huge battle. But for some reason, like when they showed it here, it just didn't click in my head. I was like, "Oh crap, the mascara, nice!" <laughs> Wait, we already had a trailer. Yeah, it came out. Um, oh my! <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure fine. we talked about it. <laughs> Maybe we did. <laughs> I apparently just have a goldfish memory. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was. Um, yeah, so we know the Amazons are gonna be in the film, which is really cool. So. It's nice that they're tying in all the other movies in the universe into this one, sort of the way that Marvel is able to tie in their films so you have them all linked together. So it's nice to see the you know the cohesion between the uh, films, which is good. Yeah, definitely. Um, I hope they have a pretty decent role considering what a sausage fest the team is. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, we don't even get Hawkgirl like we did in the show, Justice League. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we do we do get Cyborg, who was always a favorite of mine in um, the Teen Titans show, so mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah, it's nice that it's, like there's been so many iterations of the Justice League throughout the history, so it's nice to get, you know, one of the more current updated versions with Cyborg, and I don't know if Obviously, in the narration in the trailer, we have here the villain, uh, Steppenwolf. He's talking, I don't know who he's talking to, but he says, he mentions that there's no uh, lanterns. So I wonder if that is going to be one of the twists in the film where we get um, Simon Baz and Jessica, Jessica Cruz. Is that her name? I have no idea. They're the, um, they're the two current Green Lanterns that are in the... Uh, part of the Justice League in the Rebirth in the comics. So. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I'm not really up on that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it would be cool if we were if they were able to bring those into the film, or if it's Hal Jordan again, be whatever. <laughs> um, what did you think of the sort of way that Barry Allen was uh, played in the trailer? I think his sort of role is going to be the Spider-Man from Civil War role. Well, and right. That's it. Like, I was watching it, and I was like, he basically seems like Spider-Man 2.0. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Although, um, I am very charmed by Ezra Miller right now, considering he went to all of his all of his stuff at um, Comic-Con dressed as Edward Elric from, um, <laughs> from Full Metal Alchemist. I'm like, okay, we can keep you. You're, that's very cute. I love it. <laughs> and last year, like, he ran out with, like, a wizard staff and, like, a Gandalf beard. So, like, he, like, gets into it for, like, you know, conventions and appearances like that, which is, it's good to see, like, the actors actually enjoying the experience, too. Yeah, I definitely hope that um, Cyborg has more of a playful side that can play off of um, uh, the Flashes because, like, mm-hmm. like because I think of the Teen Titans cartoon where him and um, and Beast Boy were very like playful all the time, and I really enjoyed that dynamic. And I think I would like, I would definitely like to see that in the film. Yeah, it'd be nice to have a sort of. Uh alternating viewpoints between the team itself where we have Diana who's a little more on the serious side Bruce who is obviously on the more serious side uh, Arthur seems to be sort of in the middle 
So it'd be nice if we had then Barry and Cyborg on the other side, you know, so we have a sort of a nice split of personalities on the team. Yeah, definitely. Like like I said, I just I really want the team to gel well on on the screen and like for us to actually see them together more than just fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So far it seems that the only times they're together is when they're fighting besides like Bruce is with everybody individually, but you don't really see everybody else together. I guess they don't want to show too much in the trailers. Right, and while the fight scenes are, like, you know, good for splashy trailer, get people into the theater, so Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, I'm so, uh, I think, I think besides uh, Diana, Arthur is definitely going to be my favorite. In the trailers, he just, in both of the trailers, he just has, like, he grabs the, uh, he's like the scene stealer. Yeah, definitely. We will go on into Wonder Woman number 26. This starts with a new storyline. New storyline. New creators. Thanks, yep. I'm just going to get into that. Yeah. Written by Shay Fontana, who's the writer of DC Superhero Girls. Uh, the artist is Mirka Andolfo, who has worked on most notably DC Bombshells, and the colors are from Ramulo Fajardo Jr., who has been on the Wonder Woman Rebirth series back uh, with uh, volume number two, and he kept going with, uh, kept going from there, so he's, so we're familiar with that. Uh, The story really starts off with a refugee camp in Greece, where we see this Tough guy, white guy, trying to pick on some refugees. He thinks he's cool. <laughs> um, and then Diana jumps in and throws him out and knocks his teeth out. So that was good to see. Throughout the sort of beginning here, there's some inner monologues that Diana is going through. She's really just talking about how the, the world is filled with strife always and she's always shuffling off to one place to another to put out one fire here only for another one to come up and you know she never really sort of exhausting to do this but she takes on the responsibilities because that's you know that's who she is as a character uh we see that steve is also with her uh she talks about how that he's there essentially from the orders of the government. He's sort of a liaison for Diana to the government and the United States military that we've seen from, especially back in Volume 2. But she also notes that he is there also out of the desire of his heart. He wants to do good. So obviously we see that they are still, they still have a uh, relationship together, which is see. So that's really the intro sort of to the comic here. And then we go into a flashback on Themyscira. Well, hold on. And then the refugee camp gets blown up. Yes, that is true. Yes, you can't mistake that. The, right, that was the ending scene that cuts to the cuts to the, yeah, which is a very cute little flashback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, what did you think about the sort of the it's sort of the coming age coming of age story for Diana in this little flashback here where she has a 
she has a doll, and she wakes up in the middle of the night to see some of the other Amazons talking to Hippolyta about how Diane is getting treated too much like a child and not really being able to grow up as a warrior when none of the Amazons have experience in raising a child because she's the first one there. Right, which um, which Lopez brings up because, like, it's like, how can you say that that blood is doing it wrong by indulging her in this little fancy when none of us know how? And I I thought it was really heartbreaking, like, because it ends with Diana locking up her doll and deciding she has to be strong. And she has to be a warrior and an Amazon. Mm-hmm. And that means she doesn't get to have a doll. She's yeah. probably like, she looks about like six or seven in this flashback. Yeah. And it's just, it's very cute. Like her with the doll and then her deciding that she can't be this, which I think is going to have a lot, is going to ring, th- ring through a lot of this arc. Because mm-hmm. as we see, when we go back to the present and to her debriefing, Diana has been on 43 missions this year with no breaks and is clearly like exhausted by all the tragedies she's seen because no matter how hard you work, you can't, you can't save everyone. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you can't, you can't save everyone and you can't unsee the things you've seen such the unspeakable acts and, you know, violence and destruction, as it says in the, you know, in the issue itself. She, these are traumatic events that, even if she is an Amazonian warrior, she's still, you know, a person, and she still has uh, a heart and empathy and a soul, and, she, you know, that is going to impact anybody with those things, seeing these events and going on all those missions without taking a step back and being able to process it all, that's going to break down anybody no matter what. So I think that's one of the points that the issue, once they, after the flashback, is getting into where she's supposed to be getting, you know, like uh, a medical test to see if she's still all there mentally. Right, and physically, and like the general, you know, it's basically like, if you need to talk, if you need some sort of therapy, like, we're here for you. But Diana has this, she's strong, she's a warrior, like, in her head, and is like, no, I'm fine, I'm different, and I can deal with this. Which, I am very excited that, I mean, not excited, well, no, I'm glad that they're exploring this, and that I think this arc is going to be, like, really interesting in terms of Diana's mental health, and how she's processing everything. Yeah, this is something that throughout any of the other volumes of uh, Rebirth so far, we haven't weren't able to delve into that aspect of her at all. So it's nice to see that because this is the continuation of uh, the run before, that this is the actual like aftermath. So everything that happened between year one and the truth and the lies and all those story arcs, this is the actual aftermath where she has to deal with what happened there, too. So we, we see that when they say that she's been on 43 missions, 
they're taking into account exactly what happened before. So she's just been completely piled on with his, his just getting crapped on with all these things, like finding out her home wasn't real and everything. So just sort of she needs a she needs a break, <laughs> pretty much. Which she ends up getting, sort of, when Commander Atta Candy comes in. Yes. And with a fabulous hairdo. Yeah, I like the uh, sort of mohawk that she has. Yeah. Pretty cool. So Etta invites Diana out to a wedding. I actually have. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out if it's... It's her brother's wedding. Her brother's wedding. That's what I thought. But what Etta actually interrupts... Well, yeah, Etta interrupts when Diana was about to head off to a medical test. So she's getting sort of like a routine physical and we sort of see through the conversations that Diana has with the doctors and the sort of results, or I mean, yeah, the sort of uh, data that they take from the physical, we can see that something is going on between what they are trying to figure out with Diana. Something nefarious. Especially since the doctor is clearly not well. And there's another doctor who's being very suspicious about this. Because you'd think, oh, doctor's coughing. Just like, you know, something normal, whatever. But the other doctor's like, mmm, kind of acting shifty. Yeah, he's uh, quite interested in the, the blood work that they were able to that they did on Diana and the doctor that who actually gave Diana the the physical is trying, she's saying that she's going to get it to him as fast as I can, but it seems like she's still, she's not, um, doesn't look like she's above board compared to what Diana expects them to be. So this seems like we'll be setting up throughout one of the other story bits that'll be going throughout the rest of the arc with this here. It doesn't, uh, doesn't seem like it was just a one-off thing for this issue. I have a feeling that this little bit will be having uh, ramifications throughout the rest of the story arc, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. And after that, they head off to the wedding, where Etta is appropriately excited for her brother. Mm-hmm. And... She was, only, <laughs> she was only one woo off from being a woo girl. <laughs> And Diana is charmed by a darling little girl named Destiny, who is playing hide-and-seek and showing off how she can count by reading the numbers off of a bomb. Off of a bomb, yes. <laughs> she goes under a table, and there's a bomb that is going to go off, because on the last page of the issue, it is on one second left. What happens then... We'll, we'll find out in issue number 27. Which is actually out today, <laughs> as of our recording. Yeah, as of, <laughs> but I haven't read it yet, mm-hmm. so... I have not either, so we do not know exactly what happens next. We will find out soon. Uh, what did you think about sort of the interaction that Diana had with the little girl? I think that was obvious, you know, uh, obvious callback to the flashback from earlier in the episode where she used sort of seeing what 
It was like... It's kind of like the innocence that she was denied in this little girl. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, she she was told, you know, Wonder Woman is your hero. If anything is ever wrong, Wonder Woman will be there. And you're Wonder Woman. Like, that's what she said to Diana, which is very cute. And, you know, like, her biggest concern is losing her pink shoe because she got to choose between Mm -hmm. pink and white. And, I mean, just the look on Diana's face, like, whenever she's, when she's interacting with Destiny, it's, like, just wistful and charmed and then, like, oh, shit, the bomb. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a nice sort of uh, light interaction that it's sort of a nice uh, counterpoint to the heaviness of the issue itself so it's sort of nice that we get the differentiating aspects where we get the diana's been on all these missions and she goes through this rather shady <laughs> medical checkup and then we get the wedding and her interacting with destiny and then even earlier in the issue with the flashback when she was a child it's sort of alternating between going from serious moments to going with more innocent and fun but still important important stories that are able to give different aspect into Diana's character that we see that she isn't just she isn't just a, a warrior here and she's able to unwind a bit she can have go out to a wedding with her friend and have fun and then, obviously, the end of the issue, we get thrown right back into the series. Right, ruining her little mental health vacation. Exactly, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes uh, with the rest of the story arc. Obviously, we haven't read issue number 27 yet, but we will get to that. Um, what did you think of the art throughout the issue? Um... Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it so much. I I love the lines, I love the color, I love I love the way the faces are. Like there's just there's so much expression in those faces. I was just gonna say, yeah, the their faces are so expressive that like each each panel has you know, has something completely different, even if it's the same character that's getting drawn. Right. I love um so at one point, this little, this guy comes in like, you know, there's, there's a softball game. We're going to invite you. But Diana's like, what are you doing here? How do you know we're, we're here? What's going on here? And she's so angry. And then like, she has this smug little smirk when she's looking at the flyer for the softball game, like just like two panels later. Yeah, it's really, it's really funny how one panel to like the next to the next we can go through her yelling at this kid, and then he's, after she yells at him, he's, you know, cowering, like he's holding the flyers up in front of his face. She's like, I just wanted to invite you to a softball game. She's like, aw, isn't that cute? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the invitation. (laughs) Yeah. And then I like, uh, I really like her casual outfit. Oh my gosh, yeah. Hers and Etta's both are just... Oh my gosh, Etta in the like sleepy little blue dress, and Diana in her black suit. <laughs> like, yeah, because I think even earlier in the issue that when Etta invites her, Diana says that I don't have anything to wear. Right? Um, Maybe not. 
I thought the, she mentioned she didn't have something to wear, but... I mean, she not. did mention that Etta should be with her family, and then Etta's like, you are part of the family diet, and I just, like, melted. It's like, yes, exactly. Her sisters. So, what was your favorite part? I think my favorite part was probably... I really liked the first uh, moment when Diana first saw Etta, just because she wasn't expecting it at all. Yeah, like the hug. She just like throws her arms around Etta. (laughs) Etta's like, oh wait, I have my coffee. I can't spill it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Etta just like walks off the elevator and she wasn't expecting it at all. And Diana's like, oh god, it's Etta. (laughs) That was very cute. I love it. Where do you think the rest of the story arc is going to go so far? Obviously we only get the sort of the setup intro issue here where it doesn't really give too many details. It sort of gives us a couple couple hints and a couple things that we can sort of try to guess and see what is gonna actually go forward and what could just have been like a smoke screen in this issue. So what do you think um could be going forward through the uh, rest of the arc? I think there's some kind of bioterrorism happening because there was another mention of coughing at the wedding and then between that and the doctor, like, I think there's going to be some sort of bioterrorism thing happening. Okay. I think we're going to get a lot of exploration of Diana's mental health and I hope that she ends up get she ends up realizing that being strong doesn't mean you don't, you can't accept help. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I I definitely think that that might be sort of the the overall message of this arc. At least from the setup from this issue would be that you know Diana, she's not indestructible. She's not a she's not a one one woman army. She can't you know she can do everything that she can, but she still needs moments that she can take to herself and time to recover and things like that where she doesn't have to be exact like she doesn't have to be by herself like you said and she needs to know that she has a support system around her and people who care about her and her well-being not just as wonder woman but as diana yeah definitely and i'm 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 really excited to see her journey um with this and I hope we get a good resolution here and that Diana just doesn't outstubborn everyone <laughs> because I can mm-hmm. see that too. Exactly. That is one of the sort of the things about her character is she does sort of she does tend to get like that, which isn't the <laughs> the greatest portrayal. Well, it tends to happen when people are especially in superhero stories where they are very powerful and can take a lot. But obviously that doesn't mean that everything they see doesn't affect them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's like pretty much the hallmark of Bruce Wayne. Is <laughs> that's him? That's what he. Well, you know, and that's, that's why him. Bruce Wayne has his Bat family and Batman Inc. Uh, to to take care of him and be like, no, you need to sit down. So I think both of us really enjoyed issue number twenty-six. Uh, writing is good. There's really funny moments, there's some serious moments. Shay is definitely one of the uh, better writers out there in the, at least in DC Comics now. She's, obviously she writes uh, DC Superhero Girls, which is really good too, which is 
sort of a lighter take on the female superheroes in the DC universe, but it's still she's she does able she's very capable in telling serious stories that also have meaning to them, which is good. And I think that suits uh, Diana very well. Yeah, definitely. I think this ep- this issue, this arc, is an excellent jumping on point. If you're like, oh, I want to start reading, but I don't want to read through all this backlog, because I actually haven't read anything past volume two, because I only read um, trades, Lama for the most part, mm-hmm. and volume three doesn't come out till the end of August. <laughs> But like you know, I I read this and I was I was just fine. Like I didn't feel like I was missing anything, because I mean, obviously knowing what is exhausting, Diana is you know is going to be interesting, and I can't wait to read it. But you don't actually need to know more than the fact that she has been through a lot. Yeah, the way that they sort of even the intro to the or the beginning of the issue sort of gives you a summation of sort of what's happened already in the in the rebirth so you so this like you said this is a good jumping off point where it gives you it says okay she's been on all these missions that's pretty much all you need to know yeah. which is yeah, good definitely. So. so i'm super excited to read issue 27 and we'll be back with to talk about that soon yeah that'll be probably our not our next episode, our uh, episode after next, we'll say. Uh, our next episode will be our Steve Trevor slash Wonder Trev uh, episode. We'll go into the history of Steve Trevor and his long romantic relationship with Diana. What you can do in the meantime is you can find us. We are on Twitter, and you can find us there at the Lasso Pod. Uh, we are also on email, which <laughs> you can send us any uh, comments or questions, feedback at thelassopod at gmail.com. We are also part of the Not Staff for Work podcast network, where you can check us out along with a stable of other shows that are really awesome, which you should definitely listen to if you're into pretty much anything. Right, if you want to go cryptid hunting, definitely go listen to Wonassi. Oh, yes. I love Wonassi. So good. Yeah, they had the latest episode on Godzilla. Yeah, it was good. Uh, Yeah, there's plenty of uh, different variety of shows that if you have sort of wide variety of interests like we do, hey, this is the network for you. So, um, you can also find us individually as hosts. We are on Twitter and online everywhere. So, Maya, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you? Uh, I am Semi Rose on Twitter, and I ramble on my blog, Firebee Fights. Very nice. Uh, I am also on Twitter, uh, Mike underscore Audette. I see a lot about random stuff. Um, you can also find me doing things with. Coffee with Kenobi and Far Far Away Radio. That's mostly Star Wars stuff. I think that should do it. Uh, any final thoughts? I think I'm good. <laughs> all right. Uh, with that, we will bid all of you a good See night. See